You think that you are the number one dad? No offense, Homer, but your half-assed underparenting was a lot more fun than your half-assed overparenting. But I'm using my whole head. No wire My father would womanize, he would drink. He would make outrageous claims like he invented the first Hi, Mama. It's Lynn. Let's get it, Chuck. There's no need to argue. Parents just don't understand. Do you notice the tweed wool coat behind me as part of the dampening of sound? Uh-huh. It's been there for a while, so I didn't know it was specifically Tenenbaum related. It's, uh, it's every tweed <laughs> item in my closet is specifically Tenenbaum related. For This movie came out in December 2001. I would have sworn to you it was a 1999 movie. Mm. Um, difficult to find a better match of this movie and my shit. <laughs> like... <laughs> At that That's time, pretty right. yeah. um, really, really hard to find something that was more in my alley. And I was worried because um, this movie holds a very special place in my heart. Mm. I was worried that rewatching it, it like wouldn't hold up or it wouldn't move me or, and it does. Yeah. <laughs> and it did differently yeah. than when I was 21 for sure. For sure. I think I probably saw this movie the same age you were. I, I think I saw it in college. Mm-hmm. Um, Right around some of Wes Anderson's other movies were coming out, and I think that's that's probably when I, I watched the Royal Tenenbaums. Sure. So we're doing Royal Tenenbaums this week. Yeah. <laughs> um, where did we watch it? I think it's on Amazon. Yes. Um, it came out initially uh, December 14th, 2001, so we're right around the 19-year, coming up on 20 years this year anniversary of mm-hmm. it. Interesting you remember seeing this later. I definitely saw it in the theater. I saw this movie with my dad. I mean, I was, you know, um, a freshman in high school, so mm-hmm. this was not my jam. <laughs> not your jam, no. Uh, this is one of the last movies I remember seeing with my dad, and I remember him laughing hysterically at some of the Gene Hackman stuff. Well, probably, I mean, did he identify with it? No, of course not. Yeah, not okay. He wasn't self-aware enough, but what he understood was that Gene Hackman was this icon of 70s manhood. Sure. And like the casual racism and and casual narcissism. He's he still the here. guy from the French Connection. Yeah, 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 hundred percent, hundred percent. Which is why I think he's the only person who could have done this. They thought about Michael Caine and um, Gene Wilder for this role. Oh, Gene Wilder would have been sad. But um, yeah, I think so. But I think it's it's a Hackman <laughs> masterpiece. He, last, yeah, last he, he gets career. to pull it off about being a total douche, but also being like. Um, a total douche. Yeah. No, he's a total douche. But, but he, relatable. His, I think his redemption you know. works so well. Yeah. In any event, saw it with my dad, then saw it with my friends, and they all sort of agreed coming out of it uh, that Royal reminded them of me. Ooh. Which Oof. I think is something we can definitely talk about. <laughs> uh, okay. Because I'm sure, well, we'll get into this, but I'm sure we, you and I each have our own um, Margot Tenenbaum file. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, of, yeah. of things like that. So um, it, it's interesting. It's a, a movie that holds a very special place in my heart. In terms of what it is, so Royal is the patriarch of the Tenenbaum family. Uh, he basically runs out of money. And in an attempt to reconnect with his estranged children, all of whom were once child prodigies, he moves back into the house uh, they had together. Chaz Ben Stiller was a financial whiz kid. Uh, Royal has attempted to defraud him several times. Margot Gwyneth Paltrow is the adopted daughter. She was a playwriting genius. And Richie Luke Wilson uh, was a tennis star. And they've all sort of uh, had their past glory fade. In fact, virtually all memory of the brilliance of the young Tenenbaums had been erased by two decades of betrayal, failure, and disaster. And so this picks up 
uh, with Royal sort of deciding to move back in and then goes from there as all of the children end up. Well, it starts with Chaz moving back in. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Chaz has the freak out about his wife's death Mm -hmm. and, you know, needs the comfort of his own mom. All of the people (laughs) together felt a lot like quarantine. It really did, yeah. Yeah, so then once Chaz comes home... Ethelene has an intervention with Margot, and she's like, well, I should be there, too. <laughs> she's like, I didn't know we were allowed to do that. Or like, how come he gets to do that? Right, like, exactly. Well, it, I'm depressed, too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then... Uh, then Richie comes. No, and then, then, then Royal comes because right. he is, um, you know, pretends to be dying. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But I guess his initial sort of interest is because Danny Glover's going to marry her, right? Yes, we'll, we'll absolutely. About. So this is Wes Anderson's second movie. Uh, Rushmore was his, or I'm sorry, third movie. Bottle Rocket was his debut, then Rushmore, uh, and then this. For me, this is the one. Hmm. I don't need, I don't frankly need any other Wes Anderson movie. <laughs> uh, I say that about having never seen Grim Budapest. Yes. Um, but the rest of them, are, it never got to the places this one goes for me. I, I completely agree. Like, I appreciate the aesthetic of all of his work, and I think it's very interesting that he has, like, a very recognizable, to the point where there's, like, the Instagram accounts, accidental Wes Anderson, and... You know, there, there's, you can look at things and be like, oh, that's Wes Anderson-esque. Like, that's a feat. But mm-hmm. his, as far as his movies, this is the only one that is. And I would say, going along with that aesthetic uh, idea, one, there's like every frame's a jewel box. But also, the characters of Margot and Richie, I hadn't realized, I've seen them every Halloween for the last 20 years. Oh, for sure. Um, I know one of my uh, college friends, Gino, is Margot Tenenbaum. <laughs> well, she, of course she was, yeah. I can't remember Gwyneth Paltrow as anything other than Margot Tenenbaum and what she is now. I Right? Like, I was trying to think of her as an actress, too. And I kind of did some some just looking at, at, you know, but the ones that I actually cared about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so she won an Oscar for Shakespeare in Love. She was in a Paul uh, Thomas Anderson movie, Hard Eight. She was in That Great Expectations with Ethan Hawke. She was like oh, I the actress, but those. I don't... <laughs> then she did Margaret Tenenbaum, and, and then she started just being like, oh, here's Gwyneth Paltrow in this movie, like when she pops up in Iron Man. Sure, yeah. But I don't... I don't remember her as anything other than this. Yeah. This was, as I said, Wes Anderson's third movie. He was 31 when he made it. Uh, influences are uh, the French films of Louis Millet. The um, line that Richie says, I'm going to kill myself tomorrow, is translated from a film, The Fire Within, about a suicidal man trying to meet his friend. It also was influenced by The Magnificent Ambersons from Orson Welles. It was his follow-up to Citizen Kane. And that is itself based on uh, Blake Turkington's eponymous 1918 novel, which he won the Nobel Prize for. So there's some really rich stuff in here. And then there's elements of the story that also draws from J.D. Salinger. Like pretty... Apparently, overtly, I haven't read Franny and Zooey. Yeah. I guess it's a family. Well, and then what we had noticed this watch through was there is so much arrested development. Oh my God, so much arrested DNA from (laughs) the the objective narration, Mm -hmm. um, the uh, incest stuff. Yes. Uh, uh, the the family sort of dad falling There's on hard times. There's Charlie Brown music when one of them is sad. It's sad, it's... like yeah, literally. <laughs> and then I don't know if you caught this. Raleigh Bill Murray's character is dressed exactly like Tobias in the pilot, where he's got the oh. brown corduroy thing and the um corduroy blazer and yeah. the turtleneck. Yeah, it looks exactly like him. Wow. Uh, so very much uh, uh, in the the vein of Arrested, and and yeah, we both picked up on that. But this is sweeter. Yes. Largely thanks to Ethelyn, I yeah. think. I think she's the She does a lot reason. of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. here. And Royal's desire for redemption. I, okay, yeah. I, I think I, he I, eventually cultivates. 
Okay. All right. <laughs> this whole movie is just tinged with nostalgia, mm-hmm. right? Like it's everything about it is hearkening back to other days from mm-hmm. the clothes to the music to the fact that these are people whose glory days were in their childhood. Mm-hmm. It's really very clearly seems to be about that. What else did you pick up on in terms of like broader themes? I mean, being a child prodigy and falling from that. I mean, not that I was a child prodigy, but being part of like the um, like, oh, you're the, you know, very intelligent kid. So you're in the special gifted class and here you go. And then also getting into adulthood and being like, what is this shit? (laughs) It didn't do anything for me. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I also was bust to a school for smart kids. And like when I go on the internet and look them up now, it's like. Oh, she's working on the Hadrian Collider. Or, like, <laughs> oh, he's a billionaire hedge fund creator. And, like, I, as a reasonably successful college professor, am on, like, the low rung of achievement for kids who went to my elementary school. But, yeah, I think that it, it's about grief. And mm-hmm. it's about the sort of collision of the boundless possibilities of a life with the limitations the of the real world. Yeah. And, and that's tough. And I think it's the job of parents to prepare their kids for that. Yeah. I think we see in Ethelin and Royal two vastly different approaches, obviously. Yeah, right? yeah. And I, I I don't think Ethelene ever did prepare her children for adulthood. I think well, she was okay. yeah. We'll talk about that as we get in now to the moms and the papas. Yeah. So let's talk about Ethelene. I told you this. Never mm-hmm. in a film have I seen a more exact <laughs> representation of my mother. Um, as just a a woman who wants to do her best with the skills she has, yeah, and she like is trying her hardest, mm-hmm. and and is successful, and is successful, and loves these kids, and mm-hmm. and is instilling in them some of the good values you need to be a person, right? right. Obviously, not all of them, and um, also can't see past her own face. Like there's mm-hmm. the. <laughs> When Chaz comes in and he's like, oh, we have to stay here. We were locked out. And he's carrying all of their suitcases. And Ethelene goes, well, I don't understand. Did you pack your bags before or after you were locked out? Like, she's honestly curious. She doesn't know the answer. Mm -hmm. And she can't figure it out because she's trusting her child. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that is 100% your mom. Essentially my mother. Yeah. (laughs) I I really related to her belief that education is the highest priority in her children's lives. Like, I think that's super important. The I got a little chuckle when she's making the schedule. I know. (laughs) I like that when she's talking to the Italian guy. Yeah. Her indulging of her kids. Yes. I didn't necessarily relate to um, because I'll tell you the story. When I was in high school, all my friends' parents decided it would be a good idea to have like dinner together. Sure. Oh, that's sweet. With with us kids too. And so afterwards, us kids were going to go see a movie. And every other person got $20 out of their mom or dad to go. And Kitty was like, no, you have a job. (laughs) <laughs> like, wouldn't, wouldn't give me a dime well, to, and other parents applauded her literally yes. were like way to go like, well and I think that's the thing we don't see with Ethelene sure. and how her children become so disenchanted with the world mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but she is a magnificent single mom mm-hmm. I mean she really puts in 100% and I you know you see her too be like Oh, well, I haven't been with another man in 18 years. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like I, my priority has been my children and secondary myself and job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you know, romance has been on the back burner. If uh, on the stove at all. Right. Yeah. yeah. It seems like, like they go another way to say she's had these very impressive suitors, which I suppose makes sense for an archaeologist, mother of geniuses. Yeah. But, but her lack of interest in it, I think is really telling. 
And I mean, I thinking about uh, Angelica Houston and her role in this movie, I was like, oh, she's just Morticia Adams. (laughs) (laughs) She just once again is playing the same person. It made me, those are the two roles I know Angelica Houston from. Oh, yeah. Right? I don't know what else is on her IMDb. Oh. Gotta figure out something. Yeah. Right? And her dad was John Houston. So like... (laughs) I've got to do a deep dive into her, I suppose. I liked uh, the symbolism of her job, right? That Mm -hmm. she's comfortable and, in fact, happy to dig up the past and dredge up the past. I I think that's really important in a family that absolutely isn't, right? Mm -hmm. And does it for the city, not for, like... Not to steal from cultures. Right. The way Indiana Jones does it, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, is is doing, like, a service to her community. I mean, she just has so much compassion. And I, I think we see that, too, with Eli when he's sending her his college grades. Mm-hmm. Like, and she, clippings and yeah. her kindness to him and just sort of, this is who he is. I think well, he, yeah, I think he likes the, the attention. <laughs> I would like the encouragement, <laughs> yeah. frankly. Yeah. Right. I like that she played bridge. That felt very, like, of an era to me. My yes. grandma played bridge, and I, I played bridge a lot in like, well, fifth and I, sixth I think, grade, but... again, adds to, like, the timelessness of the movie. Like, mm-hmm. having company over to play bridge is such a, like, anachronistic but also familiar thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They do a great job of weaving that through. Like, I noticed this time it is modern. Like, there's IMAX in Chaz's office. Yeah. I mean, IMAX that were modern in 2001. Sure. But it's very weird the way it plays with time. And I think it's really important that the um, Dudley, the, the sort of bizarre kid who has the, the syndrome, Raleigh studying, that he can't tell time. Yes, can the boy tell time? Oh, my Lord, no. No. Like, no one in this movie can tell time. Yeah, right. Um, you know, it just sort of doesn't quite exist. Yeah. It's a flat circle, as someone else <laughs> might say. Do you have anything else on Ethelyn, or should we talk about uh, Royal and then Chaz? She, I think, is a great mom who is also has her limits because all people do, and it's really sad that she didn't have a partner that could provide her with the things that would have been a good match for her to raise because, the kids. To raise the kids, yes. But I think Henry's as a person, great. we'll She's, talk about. Oh, it, but I think, Henry I think Henry's is great. wonderful. Am I, let me ask you this: Am I making this up? Is she the only one who changes clothes? <laughs> That might be true. I, I feel like Henry <laughs> might change his gingham shirt. Yes. Yeah. Everybody else is pretty much steady in until they like yeah. specifically strip it away like Richie does. Right. But she's, I can picture her in different outfits and yes, not necessarily she, anybody else. She definitely has a wardrobe. So Royal, we're going to talk a lot about in our bad parenting, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But as a, as I said, you know, my friends told me I reminded them of this person or this person reminded them of me uh, which I think is fair so there were things about him I found both endearing and like oh that registers as my real experience of someone (laughs) when he gives notes on Margot's play and he's like what character development it's just a bunch of kids up there oh my god that I struggle with that giving notes to my students yeah like there's times where because as a, a screenwriting professor like I deal with young people's vulnerable selves in art and guess what it's not always entertaining or, oh, right. or well crafted <laughs> or uh worthy of a braverman grant as as margo's work is however you don't say that to an 11 year old on their birthday party i don't no i don't <laughs> well we don't have an 11 year old yet but, no uh, but i haven't i don't think you would but there are i it registered to me right and 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 seemed true and then as a result of that they um stop inviting him to things which like we had to do with my dad yeah. There wasn't ever an incident like this so much as it was just like constantly being late 
or leaving early or just sort of being shitty. And it just became like, well, we're just not going to include them. Yeah. To the point where when I was a senior, the same group of parents got together and planned a surprise party for all my friends, but of like what our parents thought we thought was cool when we were 17 or 18. Sure. And they were talking about like, well, should we invite Nate's dad? And my mom was like, well, do you want Nate to be there? (laughs) Uh, So that, a lot of this as a child of divorce rang you know, really true. Well, Wes Anderson is, is divorced or his parents right. are divorced. Yeah. And, well, know. and I mean, even the opening where, where they start talking about the divorce, um, the music that's playing is Hey Jude, mm-hmm. which is about uh, Julian Lennon. Like it was a song written for Hey Jules about his parents splitting up. Mm-hmm. So like, I mean, there's, there's, Wes Anderson does a good job of like adding in using music to really capture a moment. I mean, the mm-hmm. music in this movie does so much heavy lifting. Yes, uh, absolutely. Of, of the characters. And there's like three or four moments where they just drop the needle and it's, it's magic. wonderful. Yeah. What other things did your friends think or see in, you and Royal. I mean, well, okay, we can talk about it now. I just lied. Just all the time. Sure. And was a selfish person. And, like, the reason I believe so firmly in his arc here is because, like, I've been a Royal to people. Like, to people. Some people are going to listen to this podcast. And some people are never going to listen to a thing I have to say again. Yeah. And I want to believe I could be forgiven by them if mm. circumstances went that way. Like, I, I mean... The me that you know is not the me who was 21. Sure. And seeing this movie, not even, not even close. Yeah. There was a time in my life where if I had a 14-year-old son who had savings bonds in his safe deposit box and I needed them, I would have stolen them. Yeah. Without a doubt. Yeah. Just I think, a complete lack of scruples. Right. Royal viewing the house still is his house, even though <sighs> it literally wasn't his house. Yeah. Like, my dad had the type of job where he would be, like, out in the field checking on uh, landscaping crews and the work they were doing. So he would stop at our house just to shit. And like, I didn't understand, I obviously understand it now at the time. I was like, I got to see my dad and my mom would be like, do not let him in the house. Yeah. Right. That is like a violation of, of all sorts of boundaries. And I didn't understand it. Well, cause he's your dad. I mean, the other, the other thing that Royal says about Ethelene is like, Lord knows I've had my infidelities, but he's still, she's still my wife. Like (laughs) how (laughs) fucked up is that? Well, that, I mean that he doesn't care about her. Until he sees she has another suitor is, like, damning and horrible, but also incredibly well-observed for these people. Yes. Yeah. Um, I like that we don't really know if he's dying for real at first. Mm-hmm. You know, they sort of play it as this murky what is real type of thing. And, and I think that's very much how I did things, right? I could I was a slippery person, and I'm very smart. And, like, it was, it was easy to just talk my way in and out of things. Yeah, I understand that, too. Um the it's in there later, but the enormous picture of his mother hanging up behind him when he's like coming back. Mm. They have this picture of her, this like very formidable, I think yes. World War Two era yeah. like Red Cross outfit yeah. on her. Just that hanging enormous, this presence where like all we know is her name is Helen and that picture. Yet I have a full understanding of this woman. <laughs> and then like there's so much sexism in this movie, but like he wants to see his grandkids, grandsons. I mean, for me, I don't think he has a redemption arc. Oh, okay. I I think he dies just as he lived. <laughs> like, okay. I, I vehemently disagree with that. But I think that when he's like, that's right, we got another body buried up here. Like, he doesn't have the language to be kind. No. But the intention is to acknowledge 
Chaz exists, and he can't do it there, and he does it beautifully in the end of the film when when he sure. they have that exchange. But that I I thought was sweet, and then <laughs> you maybe have observed this. My parents both, when they are with someone, will imitate them. So when Gene Hackman uh, Royal meets Danny Glover, and he's like, "Lay it on me, man!" Like the first time yeah. he meets him, and he's like trying to talk jive with him. Yeah, that's my dad at like rec league basketball on a team with black guys. Sure, I mean it's also super racist. Sure, there's sure, sure. there's nah, so nah, nah, much. There's way more racist stuff than that. But well, sure, but I mean, in Gene Hackman's character, Royal mm-hmm. is very racist. No, I know <laughs> that, but I'm that I think was trying to speak the language of the person when he calls him Coltrane. That's more racist to me. I mean, he calls him the big black buck. I think that's yes, very yep. racist. I did yeah. like the look at that big old grizzly bear. <laughs> that was pretty sweet of him. And then my mom will do the same thing where like if she's around British people, she'll speak in a British accent. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that kind of mirroring is like, I mean, it's helpful, but it's also like how you lose parts of yourself and how, how you can't keep your own boundaries and stuff. And it's something that I struggle with and that like, I always have to check back in with myself. Like, where am I really? Like, where are my actual boundaries Like, with, with everything? Because it's, it's hard for me to not just want to people please. Sure. I think that to your point about Royal not having an arc, like very early on. You think you could start forgiving me? Why should I? Because you're hurting me. There, I don't feel like it's genuine. That, I think it's it's just his own self-interest, but I could also relate to, you know, those are things my dad has said to me. Yeah. I like, I'm sure we'll talk about this, I like Royal and the grandkids. Chaz has those boys cooped up like a pair of jackrabbits, Ethel. He has his reasons. Well, I know that, but you can't raise boys to be scared of life. You gotta brew some recklessness into them. I think that's terrible advice. No, you don't. I'm not talking about dance lessons. I'm talking about putting a brick through the other guy's windshield. I'm talking about taking it out and chopping it up. I don't like the dog fighting uh, or running into traffic. But I like... don't like him approaching them at the playground, sure. being a creepy dude, having him lie to his parents. Like, I, I didn't like him with the grandkids at all. Like, I appreciated that they were all having fun. But as a parent myself, mm-hmm. I was like, if my dad or your dad did that with our kids, I would lose it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's fair. <laughs> I would like, absolutely. just took him away like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think Chaz is perfectly within his bounds as a parent who just lost his wife to be extra cautious with who his children are around. Mm-hmm. And Royal is popping in there being like, no, this is this is how you need to raise children when he didn't even raise Chaz. Sure, sure. That's fair. <laughs> that said, I think you do need to mix it up. I do think I, you need yeah. to put a brick through the other guy's window. Like, I think Royal is, his heart's in the right place, even if he doesn't have the skills. I liked his optimism after Richie's suicide when he's like, don't look that bad for a suicide. Yeah, I liked that. I liked, I, you know, the things I liked about Royal were like when Richie's like, I mean, I guess he was always there for Richie, but when R- Richie's like, hey, I need a favor. And he's like, yeah, let's go for it. And <laughs> At he's the end like, of that, when he's overzealous in the elevator. Yeah, yeah I like that like, part of it. Know. like, well, I didn't mean right now. And when also he's talking to Evangeline uh, or Ethelene, and I'm not sure if it's genuine or not, but he says, thank you for raising our children. I think that's genuine. I think this movie movie to me it successfully shows royal's arc it doesn't hold your hand for it but as we'll talk about i think it's there i liked when he asked richie if he still considers him a father uh, right before he guns that elevator i thought that was sweet and then when eli says he's always wanted to be a tenenbaum i love 
the Royals like me too. Yeah. But I think that's not true. I think in that moment with Eli is when he starts to realize, oh shit, like I should have been doing this my whole life. Yeah. You know, that's the first time I believe he wants to be a part of this family. Like I, I think Royal has an arc. I think it's a realization arc. I don't know that it's redemption. No, I think it is because um, he and Chaz make up. Like he makes up with, I see why you feel that. And we may as well talk about it now. Margo doesn't redeem with him. Right, he has absolutely not. no redemption with Margot at all. It's, no. He tries and he can't do it. Right. With Richie, he had like a, a bit of a falling out because Richie performed poorly. And yeah, so, no, it's like, about him forgiving Richie, not Richie forgiving him. Sure. Chaz has to forgive Royal. Royal sure. has to forgive Richie and Richie has to forgive himself. Um, or I suppose eventually Eli. Mm-hmm. Let's just quickly talk about Chaz. Sure. And then we'll get into all this other stuff. Poor Chaz. The BB in the hand. What a great symbol. Oh my God. So, like, how the pain sad. is still with you. Yeah. And the litter, and like, he's like, we're on the same team. Like, mm. the one chance he gets to like connect with his dad, and his dad can't even do it mm-hmm. for a game. Like, like, and I appreciate Chaz. And, and I mean, I think it's more for Chaz's own. Um, I mean, like, you can, I'm tearing up. <laughs> I think you can, I think that you can forgive someone without allowing them back in your life. Oh, sure. Well, I think I wouldn't use the word forgiveness, but I think that's because you were raised Catholic, (laughs) but you can move on from the pain and hurt and accept it and get on with your life for sure. And it does not involve, have to involve letting that person in. Um, But what I think is special about art is it shows you that you could. You know, I think we're bombarded with this idea that you well, have to. Also, like, Royal dies then. Like, and you, th- so there's no more. Chaz got a couple of months. Who knows what this asshole would have done after that? Well, you don't. That's not. Well, now you're, you're not giving him any credit. No, I'm not. You have to, because if he can't change, neither can you. That's true. And that's what it's really, it's really about is me starting to forgive myself for all the ways I was a royal is more important than me reconnecting with these other people I used to know at that time or trying to repair these relationships. Sure. The reason I want to believe in his arc is because I want to believe that I'm redeemable and forgivable and a different person. And I think you are too. Um, But you've been hurt by Royals, right? And and it's hard, you know, as, as I think Chaz exemplifies on this, he's carrying around so much anger when he um, says to Bomber, uh, to Richie, he's like, you poor sucker. Yeah. You poor Papa's boy. Like, I feel that way very much about my brothers. Like, how can you still talk to this person after the way he's treated you? Like, what the fuck is the matter with you? But it's it's who they are, and they're all sort of trying to deal with this bad hand in the, in the way they can. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I liked Chaz using money to connect with his dad. Yeah. And I really related to him having to be an adult in that way way too soon. Yes, absolutely. Um, you know, like even from his dress and taking uh, his meetings or his standing calls up. at his desk, standing up with his his cup of coffee. But him as a parent, I think he's, I think he's a great dad. Yeah, he's he's invested, right? I think he's he's too too much, right? Half-assed overparenting, he's cranked up a little high with the like he's traumatizing them. I mean, well, with the, he's the fire traumatized, drills, and so he. I mean, that's what happens when you're traumatized. You 
give that to other people too. And sure, so, but Royal wasn't the only person to. He didn't appear out of nowhere and start abusing. If we're going to sure, go down that road, that's like, true. You um, know, everybody was somebody's kid, right? And I think I appreciate the moments where I see Chaz as a good dad, or like that those are reinforced through little things in the movie. Is like when he sleeps in the room with his kids, and like the one comes to snuggle. That's up so with interesting. Him. Okay, you think that's selfless. I don't think that's selfless. I think it shows that he has a real connection with his children. Mm, I think it's his own anxiety. I think he's every bit as selfish as Royal. And that if you're going to say... Uh, I mean, I think it's 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 born of his own fear and his own anxiety, but he does also... is fearful and anxious for them. Yes. In a way, maybe Royal isn't for him, but I think... Yeah, I don't see that as for them. Well... That particular decision. But I don't think that's... I'm not saying it's for them. I'm saying that his kids snuggling with him, I think, shows me the relationship that they have. Okay. Okay. Um, And I also think that, like, this was such a sudden, devastating trauma that he had. And so recent. Mm -hmm. Like, it's less than a year. Six Um, months, yeah. Yeah. And that segues nicely into the... Pseudo parents, and let's talk about Henry now. Oh, that sure. moment where Chaz and Henry bond over being oh widowers. God. Oh my God, it's so sweet. <laughs> so like sweet. they, they then I, I think have the better release with Chaz and Royal. But that moment's so like, oh, I'm, I'm a widower too, and he kind of like he the first finally, time he says it, he finally says it. But also like the first time he's really recognizing Henry as a person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and is not not his mom's accountant, right? 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 Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah. When he's realizing how. A relationship, a fatherly relationship can be a benefit mm-hmm. instead mm-hmm. of just something that takes. I love Henry in this. He's I almost too. too perfect. He like, is. When he shows up and is like, how can I help? Oh, that's, that's so, so sweet. good. Right his, after Richie's suicide attempt. Yeah. Even his little thing with the Royal, like, I don't think you're an asshole. I just think you're a son of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, really, uh, I really agree with that. Like, uh, just the way he's sort of unflappable, I think it's really good for everybody, honestly. And in the opposite corner of Raleigh, who I think is Margot's attempt at a dad. Yes, for sure. You know, um, but really just sort of drips off the screen in this. I was going to say, like, there's no use for his character mm-hmm. in this. I really, like, I Put mean. Put Margot with Eli and cut yeah, him out. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, don't think you need him. The whole Raleigh-Dudley thing, I mean, uh, not to give notes to an Academy Award-nominated <laughs> screenplay, but don't need him, dude. This could have been, could have been uh, 90 minutes. Yeah, know? and, like, when he's at the wedding at the end, why Doesn't are make you sense. there? Yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah, it really didn't make sense to me. All right, now let's talk about siblings. Sure. Sibling things. Uh, Eli Cash. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, when I saw Did this, you have an Eli Cash in your life? Well, I was an Eli Cash. Well, I mean, did you have a friend? No, who... I was Eli. I, oh, my sure. friends were spectacular. I wanted to be part of them. I wanted, as a creative person and writer, in 2001, when my friends told me I reminded them of Royal, I was hoping they were saying I reminded them of Eli. Because <laughs> this, like, the drugs, the writing, the literary fame, like, it's all supposed to be Cormac McCarthy. Like, it's oh, very much making fun of Cormac McCarthy. Yeah. But I would I wanted it. No, I was, I was Eli Cash. So yeah. my... Two college roommates are international musicians sure. who've traveled the world playing rock and roll. Like, <laughs> I've wanted anything possible to be like accepted and liked by these people, and and we're the over at their house them, all the time. Or yeah, 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 yeah. Like me and Alex like lived basically in the twin boys' basement, and then Anthony, who I would live with in college, was like there a ton. 
Sure. Um, but it was, it was like when, uh, you know that Seinfeld where Kramer says he's not going to Jerry's anymore? Because you see, George, having the keys to Jerry's apartment, that kept me in a fantasy world. <laughs> Every time I went over to his house, it was like I was on vacation. Better food, better view, better TV. <laughs> cleaner, oh, much cleaner. <laughs> that became my reality. I ignored the squalor in my own life because I'm looking at life, you see, through Jerry's eyes. <laughs> That's how I felt over there, right? It was, it was so much better than my family. Their family was intact. They had money when we didn't. They had taste when we didn't. They're, they were into music. They were into art in ways we weren't. Like, of course, they're divorced now and like sure. yeah. the brothers don't talk to each other and like two of the guys who are international musicians also like didn't have the money to come to our wedding. Yeah. You know, shit like that where it's like, okay, it's not quite as, as gilded as it actually seems, but like I really wanted to be a part of that family. Were you an Eli or did you want to be an Eli? Or were you... uh, no, we had an Eli. <laughs> did you? <laughs> Sarah? <laughs> well, no. Well, yeah, it turned into her. But um, my brother's best friend practically lived at our house. Like, he... I, and I don't even know why, to tell you. I mean, like, he's sure. he's just like, oh, well, of course Dave's coming over. You know, like, of course Dave's there. And of course mm-hmm. Dave would... Like, mm-hmm. you know, just for... I mean, not for, like, Thanksgiving and stuff, but for, like, any other thing that we would be doing. Friday night pizza, Dave's there. You know, the pool party, graduation party, Dave's there. Like, Dave's just... He, and this is all your older brother? Yeah. Well, you just got to bring whoever the fuck you wanted over, huh? Oh, just, yeah. Like, introduce members to the family as he saw fit. Yes. Did Dave send your mom his grades? So, <laughs> like, Dave would answer Matt's phone in college when Matt was too drunk and sure. stuff okay. like that. Okay. So, like, they cover, he would cover for Matt. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I'm sure would want my mother and father's approval very much. Sure, sure. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. I, I thought it was really interesting the way the different relationships the siblings have with yeah. Royal um, and that Richie has sports yeah. and like automatically has a shortcut. I mean, you know this, my dad pitched in yeah. college. My little brother was a catcher. I know. That's so, so, so fucking adorable. Like if I wrote it into a short story, people would be like, little on the nose. Right. But like I, my one sister has observed this and I completely agree. Like Matt played baseball. He'll always be my dad's favorite. Sure. There's no getting around it. Like, yeah. uh, it doesn't matter what the rest of us do. Right. Um, yeah. And yeah, so they that... have that connection. And that was, you know, Richie's way into, I mean, the other things that he and Royal did had nothing mm-hmm. to do with sports, mm-hmm. but where he already had that. Sports, 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 sports. Bart, Bart rides up in the front seat today because he's a good guy at sports. Silly. It's so it's so sexist and so honest and so difficult to watch. Yeah. When Richie, we meet Richie literally adrift. I think that's yes. so poignant. That's very cute. And then when he that's just, very Wes Anderson. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when he describes it to Margot, I can't stop thinking about you. I went away for a year and it only got worse, and I don't know what to do. Like mm. I remember those feelings in my twenties. Like, yeah. This is just with me. I don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Absolutely. Feelings being, I was thinking about that the other day when I was feeling sad. It was like, how did I do this? Mm -hmm. Like even the feelings that I have now, they're not as intense as when I was a teen or in my early twenties. And I just, my gosh, they were enormous. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Chaz's relationship with Margot and Richie when Royal is trying to talk with them. I hear you're dying. 
So they tell me. You don't look so sick, Dad. Ooh, how long are you gonna last? Not long. A month, a year? About six weeks. Let me get to the point. Uh, the three of you and your mother are all I've got, and I love you more than anything. Ho, ho, ho! Chaz, let me finish here. I've got six weeks to set things right with you, and I aim to do it. Will you give me a chance? No. Do you speak for everyone? I speak for myself. It's very older brother, like mm -hmm. very much like, I'm setting this precedent. Like, mm -hmm. you guys can do what you need to, but this is stupid. But I'm the leader, yeah. and I'm very outspoken in how I feel. Yeah, yeah I saw a lot of me in that, in, yeah. in chats, for sure. Building up here to talk about Margot and Richie. Margot literally locking herself away. I think, again, very poignant Wes Anderson. Yeah. Uh, that her real dad hurt her. Like, yeah. she went to find him, and he chopped off part of her. I think that's really loaded yeah. and, and unfortunate. Well, and for her being like, like, there wasn't a point to try to get it retached. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, that's very poignant, too. The, obviously, related to her secret smoking and her extreme secrecy in general. Yeah, and running away. Running Taking away. Taking your little yep. brother to run away, that I understood. Yeah. Like, like, oh, no, I have to protect this person. Mm -hmm. We have to get out of here. Like, that is, <laughs> that's a powerful feel. And she's completely invisible, ultimately. Yeah. Right? Like, it, it. She doesn't get a redemption. No. She doesn't get any. I mean, Royal finally calls her, her his daughter when they go know get. doesn't middle name, right? They can't. No, but I mean, that's the, they go for ice cream. And instead of introducing her as the adopted daughter, mm. he introduces her as her daughter, which is the first time he's ever said that, it seems like. Um, but you're right. Doesn't know her middle name, which is her. And he's taking Named her, after his mom. His mother. And he's taking her for ice cream, which is just so, like, infantile. Yeah. He doesn't and, have a And clue. so that's where I agree your point that he doesn't get an art. But I think, like, I think he does with Richie. And I really think he does with Chaz. Yeah. Um, well, and maybe, yeah. And maybe it has nothing to do with if everybody forgives him or feels differently towards him. It's, yeah, how he's. It's him. It's his intentions, I think, and his experience of what it is to be in a family, this thing he's spent his whole life trying to run from. I do like him getting stabbed for a second. Wants to be. <laughs> you son of a bitch! God damn. That's the last time you put a knife at me. Hear me? Just staying with Margot for a second. Her file. My God. I loved her file. I love that. And in a movie full of amazing needle drops, uh, I think the Ramon song there doing yeah. a lot of heavy work. And like, so we'll talk now, I guess, about Richie and her relationship, which is, is gross. And yeah. And I don't quite understand. Me um, neither. Is the big problem she kissed other people? Right? That's like, like all it is? Or like, was with other, I mean, she's an adult. Like, it's so sexist and gross. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm sure Richie has been with women. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and like, who gives a shit about, I mean, like she has to live her life. I don't know why her husband was upset to learn those other things that happened before their relationship mm -hmm. either, mm -hmm. because like you thought that this person just sprouted out of the ground and was your wife. Right. right, like, right, right, right. She had no experience as a human. That's probably exactly what he thought. So I put on my nicest corduroy blazer and my most pompous Upper West Side attitude and tried to ascribe some meaning to this. Are you okay. ready? Yes. So I think that what, number one, I think that Wes Anderson at 31 is not equipped to tell a story in which Margot gets a redemption with yeah. her dad. He doesn't know what Royal would say. He doesn't know what she would want to hear. He, I don't think 31-year-old Wes Anderson has any idea how to tell that story, One, mm -hmm. first and foremost. But also, I think what he's trying to do 
is to show that, like, for some of these people, they want to connect. Yeah. And they cannot. Yeah. Right? And so this, the literal uh, uh, Richie wanting to sleep with her and it not being able to happen, I think is an attempt to show that in a different way. I sure. don't know that it's effective, but I think that sort of, it's a family that wants to be close in an intimate way and cannot do it in it, any way. Yeah. The idea of, like, not knowing, I mean... what actual intimacy is and like thinking it has to be sexual is Mm -hmm. so like just we I mean it's also weird that she wants to date Eli that's I mean Mm -hmm. it's no different from her being with Richie like Mm -hmm. he is like I would never want to be with Dave (laughs) (laughs) so off-putting too that it's like this like the way that it's Filmed is like this, like beautiful romance that can't quite happen, and like one of the needle drops, yeah, like yeah. her arriving at the bus with the Nico cover of Jackson Brown. Playing yes, and she's like, Holy cow. yes, it's so gross. It's just so gross. Yeah, it's 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 unfortunate, <laughs> uh, and they try like she's adopted. They try to really hit that again. Arrested right development. Yeah, it doesn't arrested, matter. It's right. your cousin. All right. Did you see any bad parenting in this? <laughs> I thought we just covered the bad I mean, we've covered a lot of it. I think the, the worst, there are no teams. Just what a shit. miserable. Yeah. Why are you like this? Why are you so mean? Well, okay, so there, there, there it is. I, I, when my friends reminded me, said I reminded them of Royal, like, I was a dick. Sure. You, know, you say this to me all the time, like, you don't have to be so mean about it. Yeah. I'm wired to, like, the the people who I literally looked up to were the a-hole characters on sitcoms. Sure. So, like, I've got my zingers prepackaged <laughs> and ready to go for anyone who's ready to come get some. And so I, I, I it's one of the things that's obviously had to soften as I've gotten older and become more of a father myself. Yeah. Well, and, and Royal abandoning his son when he needs him the most for um, tennis, like, mm-hmm. when he just absolutely loses it, and that's when he cuts off contact. Well, he had a lot riding on that match, personally and professionally, <laughs> financially. Constantly introducing Margot as his adopted daughter. Yeah, that's it's horrible. Just... His sexism is just awful. And it's yeah. so in him that, like, it's... I don't believe he could change. Like, that's why I think it's it's believable he doesn't get an arc with Margot. Because, like, what does he say about Chaz's mom? Like, I'm, I'm sorry so for your loss. Your mother was a terribly attractive woman. <laughs> yeah. And, like, when uh, Richie's talking about Margaret, he's like, well, she's damn good looking and smart as a whip. Like, yeah. That's it. That's all she gets to be as a woman. Is, yeah, is as a person. Maybe yeah. smart. Right. Getting into Royal's arc here, I agree with you 100%. His intentions are nefarious. Mm-hmm. And he is there for deception and for his own, because he has literally nowhere to go and no money. Right. right? As he admits to Angelica Houston in, in the midpoint, uh, you know, plus I was broke. Right. Right. Um, but I think it's that classic story of I did this thing with bad intentions and it taught me a good thing. And sure. I mean, he does say when he's leaving, like, you know, all of this dying, I get to live. And Richie's <laughs> like, well, you were never you dying. Were never really dying. He's like, but I'm going to live. Really says that with conviction. Mm-hmm. Like he's real, like, and the fact that he has to go to the Y and he gets stabbed. And- well, a couple, so a couple of things with that to iron home my arc point mm-hmm. I think you have the line you mentioned where he says I, I know I'm going to be the bad guy in this but I, <laughs> which I think is, is great like it's self-realization for the first time in the whole movie well um, he says I know I'm probably <laughs> sure going to be the bad guy on this one 
Um, but then he says, I just want you to know that like the last six days have been the best of my life. And the narrator lets you know, like as soon as he said it, he knew it was real. And, and there's a shift there. And yeah. for me, that's the first sort of opening or release of tension that then becomes completely let out when he and Chaz have their real moment. Thank you. You're welcome. I've had a rough year, Dad. I don't know you have Chaz Like, they're people for a minute. Yeah. You know, they, they drop all that stuff. And I, I, it feels really real. And I think that, so I don't know if you noticed this, Richie's suicide, right? Where the, I had heard Elliot Smith in... Goodwill Hunting, but obviously not this is the way Elliot Smith music was meant to be presented to people sure. as you listen to it while somebody tries to kill themselves. Yeah. That's still playing while Gene Hackman's getting the job. Right? So it's a death of oh, Richie and this sort of death of Gene Hackman's like illusion of himself not needing a job that I thought was really well done. And like I buy it. I think it's important that Royal later on when he like tries to get the kids so he does the thing with Margo. It doesn't go well. Yeah. Um, he has that scene with Richie where he's like, do you still consider me your dad? And I think that's sort of made up. And then he's really going to earn it with Chaz. And so he does the, tries to get the kids to take him to the cemetery. Mm-hmm. And the scene that's so important to me is he goes without him. That's true. Right? He's there by himself. Now it's a movie, right? So we're not going to sit there and watch Gene Hackman ponder existence for five minutes <laughs> but we see him there yeah. looking at the grave that's with the true. flowers like he pays his respects he thinks about something deeper than himself and i think that's then how you get to him saving the grandkids and and the redemption with, with as i said with Chaz, where they finally sort of melt down well and Chaz gets his whatever he like uh he needs to feel his feelings he gets that with eli like, the loss of his wife and the anger he feels there. Oh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Like yes, he used to express that on, on yeah. yes, by getting mad at Eli. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Who needed to get his ass kicked? Oh, my frankly. God. Yeah, like, definitely. Quite a bit. <laughs> Eli being like, oh, yeah, you're right. I'm going to, I need some help. <laughs> no, dude, I, I see I need a problem very good. And then, and then Pagoda with, with two great lines that are, but there, there he goes. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, he have the cancer. What else do I want to say? I, I again, I liked uh, not the dog fighting or the other, but I liked him mixing it up with the kids. I agree with you though that him going to see him at the Y is super creepy. Yeah. Right. Like him sneaking up on him like that, and he inexplicably has the phone in his hand. Yeah. In that scene, which I don't it's understand. Just, it's, 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 again, it's the French connection. He's uh, still yeah. that well. guy. Like I, 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 I appreciate them all having fun, and it is clearly something that his, you know, that um, Ari and Uzi want, you know, is is to have that connection. But it could do something else. Like well, the go karts is fine. A, build the scaffolding in another way. Yeah, right. There's yeah. another way to get from. Or there. and go karts is fine. Dog mm-hmm. fighting, not so much. But I think that what Royal has that none of the peop- other people have, and they do a really good job of this with his. His syntax, his like literal language that he uses, is a, uh, a freedom from this pressure of anxiety or this pressure of expectations. And it's like, obviously, in a person like Royal, it's taken way too far. Right. right? And it, it becomes like, no, well, you need to be accountable to other people. And is the being. thing that his children could have, like, part of their disillusionment about being adults is like the freedom that they now have and know where to go with it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think the expectations of perfection, which probably came from mom, and if yeah. they'd had dad there as a model 
of imperfection, even that would have been better than no model at all. Right. Right. Because it would have given them the space to understand, like, I'm even if I'm not a genius, that's a, I'm still okay. Right. right? Exactly. I'm still a person. Right. And and I mean, had he been able to actually give Margot feedback instead of just being an asshole about it? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's so many. Like, he could have still been himself, and it would have been better if he was, but he just didn't have to be such a dick. Mm-hmm. But I think, as I said, by the end, I think he's, I feel like he's redeemed, and I think you get that, the final sort of capper on it when he says to Henry, you know, I, I get it. He's everything I'm not. Yeah. You know, when he grants her the divorce. Um, and then I love that scene of him and Chaz and the boys on the garbage truck. Yeah, that's very that's sweet. Really sweet. That's very, very cute. And the smile on, on Chaz's face. Is... You love Ben Stiller in this movie. I. This is the movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is the one. We found it. Right? It's like, not... I don't... I'm not a huge Ben Stiller fan. In I think in general. I just... Whatever he brings to movies, I'm not a... like. He you... doesn't have a frequency that I would... He doesn't work on a frequency that you would receive well. Yeah, like something about Mary or, I mean, just just any of it. It's just like, it's too much, man. <laughs> like, Are we doing uh, next week, uh, same year, two of the same actors, Owen Wilson and Ben Stiller and Zoolander? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, Zoolander is probably one of the roles I'd watch him in. <laughs> okay. Just this dumb trivia. This same year, so 2001, Owen Wilson is in this, Zoolander and Behind Enemy Lines where they're, like, trying to make him Harrison Ford or somebody. Jeepers. It didn't work. It <laughs> yeah. didn't work. This is, I think, as He's good as not... he and his brother have ever yeah. been. Which, that's interesting, too, right, that their brother's not playing brothers. Um, Which I think makes that illusion even stronger. Mm-hmm. Like, they're supposed to be family because they are, because family doesn't have to be, you know, literal blood family. Sure. I mean, the, the, that's the same point with Margot. That's also why it's so gross. Like, why, why, right? I, I don't, I'd love to have an answer for that from Wes Anderson. I wonder if he's written about it. He said, um, well, I mean, there's literally a book about this movie. Oh boy, um, never mind. <laughs> right, I mean, amen. Like, it's, it's the kind of thing that you could go a little too deep in. But like, he said, I guess that it, he had friends who were in love with their sisters. Oh, gross. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't know why we were celebrating incest at the turn of the century or, like, trying to normalize it. Yeah. But this is also in the era where, like, they had, like, a countdown clock for when Anna Kornikova turned 18. Gross. And things yeah. like that. Where it's just, we were super gross. I mean, yeah. You know, still are. It was 20 but... years ago. Yeah. <laughs> still are. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this has been productive. <laughs> I do too. Um, Oh, the last thing I wanted to say is just that about the Wilson brothers, like they grew up with Wes Anderson. Which I think is very interesting. I think it's interesting and I think it's, to to bring it back around, so the family like I wanted to be a part of, like I've always known what kind of band those guys should start because I know their strengths, right? And I think that what you see in this is Wes Anderson telling the Wilson brothers like, no, 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 we're going to play this to your strengths. Like here's everything you guys are good at. Do it. Yeah. And, and they've had their careers since then because of that. Right. Yeah. Um, which it, is an interesting, I would like to become that type of person to our daughter. Yes. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Where yeah. I like recognize her gifts and put her in a position to really flourish. That's wonderful. Yeah.